Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the Hoops Crush podcast. That is Brady Parks, aka Crushables. I'm Eric Brandt, aka Hoops Jock. How are you doing this week, Brady? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, Eric? Not too bad. Do you get into Christmas spirit around this time, or do you yeah, like Christmas? Abs- what? Absolutely. I, uh, you know, yeah. got the Christmas decorations up, uh, and uh, I'm a I'm a very festive person, especially around the holiday season. How about you? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, Christmas is one of my favorite uh, times of the year. Of course, we both have kids, so yeah. Um, other than spending a bunch of money, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's nothing quite like uh, seeing the joy on their faces on Christmas morning and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah, one of my favorite times uh, and all that kind of stuff. And this year, uh, in the past, I've had to go into when I owned a business. I had to go set up for um, New Year's during, like christmas day i'd have to go and set it up because it was really important that when we opened on the 26th that it was all ready to go because we were super busy and uh so yeah i'm looking forward to this year first year in a while that i haven't had to do that so i'll be able to spend time with family and stuff love to hear it yep uh so the blazers since we last talked have played three games uh very impressive win in cleveland uh, sharp with 29 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. Uh, pretty dominant second half. Uh, they go on a run with some of the bench unit playing. Uh, Duop Reith has 13 off the bench. Um, and just a, a really good win in Cleveland. What did you think of that game? Uh, what were your overlying thoughts on the road trip and all that kind of stuff yeah i uh in the first quarter we were like getting absolutely smoked i'm like yeah i'm not surprised i feel like we always get killed in cleveland so like even when we did picks against the spread i was like oh yeah the Cavs are about to stomp us like this (laughs) game is about to be a breeze for cleveland and uh the first quarter it felt like that um and then we well it felt like that for a second and then we made it uh, a little bit closer and then the second half, as you said, comes and uh, it felt like the Cavs. I don't know, man. Just they just started playing terribly. Mitchell, uh, twenty-three points. Garland only fifteen in this one. Uh, Sharp, but of course, was amazing in this one. And then Scoot Henderson had a lot of good assists uh, in this yeah. game as well. The seven assists. Um, you know, obviously he only scored two points in this game, but uh, something I do remember is some of those assists were amazing. That's like the biggest takeaway I had from this game. Uh, Every time there's like multiple games, like the you know, furthest game always escapes my memory. So, but the one thing I do remember is how important uh, and how great those assists looked from uh, Scoot Henderson. And then Jabari Walker, 12 rebounds. Uh, Jabari Walker's been playing great lately, too. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, he's overall, really a game I did not expect us to win, but we got it done, mm-hmm. uh, which was nice. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, the next two don't go our way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jabari's really settled into a nice role. Uh, just, doing the dirty work off the bench and uh just one of those players that every team kind of needs just a guy who comes in does his job doesn't try to overextend himself rebounds plays defense and um yeah i think he's doing about as good of a job as you could hope for from him right now yeah absolutely i agree uh love like i said love what i've seen from jabari walker tamani kamara jabari walker uh, I think we got some really good role playing forwards for the future next to, you know, our hopefully star guards. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Uh, one, Absolutely. One's looking like it, so, but the other one, <laughs> obviously, Jerry might still be out. Yeah. So the Blazers ride the momentum at that point. It ends up being technically, I guess, five games in a row on the road um, because they got the game added for the constellation of the in season tournament. But uh, really, this was a four-game road trip, and then they came home and went back out to Golden State. But in the fourth game of the road trip, they have a chance to make it a three-and-one trip. Uh, you look at the injury report headed into that game. The Utah Jazz are without Jordan Clarkson, Laurie Markkinen, Kelly Olynyk, uh, and several others. And it seemed like a game the Blazers, if they're going to start being in that conversation of making a run at the plan and all that kind of stuff need to win. And uh, they just uh, came out absolutely flat in this game and got down double digits early in in the first half. And it was really disappointing. 
uh, to see them play poorly with such a good opportunity to add another win to the schedule. But then in the second half, they had this furious comeback, um, end up sending the game into overtime. But unfortunately, in that second half, Jeremy Grant uh, leaves the game with concussion symptoms. Um, he's since then has been put in concussion protocol and has mi missed the next game and is um, not going to play in tonight's game either against the Dallas Mavericks. But uh, so we didn't have him in the overtime period, unfortunately. Um, and then the Blazers, uh, of course, lose in overtime. Some questionable calls from the refs and stuff like that. What were your takeaways from that game? Yeah, I just the last two games have been rough at the very end. Back-to-back, -back, <laughs> heartbreaking ways to lose. Uh, this is the game where Brogdon smoked the layup, right? Where he gets a steal and just smokes the wide-open layup. Yeah. And then Sharp uh, tries to put it back or, or, or something along the lines of that. And then they called him for the foul. They called him yeah. for over-the-back foul. Uh, oh, and he it, also yeah. easily, like, should have been called when he uh, obviously went up for a layup at the end. And they didn't call a foul. And mm -hmm. then uh, they were fighting over the board, and then they called a foul on him, which was just well. Or so yeah, that, it was something like that. Sorry. Sharp, sharp drove and got. Uh, well, it's questionable whether uh, I forgot who it was. I think it was Omer. You're seven, right? Yeah, or Fantecchio or, or someone. It been, yeah, it might have been him too. I can't remember. Went for a block. It looks like he gets some ball but then he also hits him on the arm and then on the way down hits him across the head um and just wasn't vertical at all uh saw the last two minute report on that game and oh yeah they said they didn't get they ruled that it was not a foul and that it was called correctly i don't get that looking at it being able to look at it in slow-mo and seeing him his arm come down right on sharp's head should have been a foul, but um, didn't get the whistle there. And then that was also during uh, or moments before Kamara or Kamara break, uh, banks in a three point shot um, at the shot clock buzzer. And uh, oh, yeah, so the Blazers little... feel like they're winning yeah, I, <laughs> at I the time. That. And then they review it a few minutes later. Uh, just, I, I hate that, man. I, it sucks to like not on a made basket i understand if you miss or whatever but on a made basket there's no reason not just just stop the clock there and and make sure it counted or not and then you can go from that point forward knowing exactly what the score is not waiting till the next time out to decide that oh the blazers instead of winning are now losing this game yeah, I remember saying, I remember someone saying in our group chat, I wonder if Chauncey even knew the basket was taken off. <laughs> I just started thinking I mean, <laughs> yeah, they should, I mean, you hear it all the time when there's like a, a call that needs to be challenged or something that the Chauncey will look over to a certain coach or something and he's supposed to like look at it really quickly and determine whether it's, would be a good challenge or not. Um, but yeah, those same that same coach should be able to look at that really quickly to see if they can. And he should have notified Chauncey. I'm, I'm assuming that did happen. If that didn't, that's, that's a major mistake by the coaching staff, but um, yeah, just, I don't know. Just couldn't make the plays at, at the end. Probably shouldn't even have been that way. If the Blazers played uh, a little better uh, in the first half, maybe could have, could have taken this one, but yeah, that, that one was, it was one of those games where it was, it was one of the first games this year where it's like the Blazers need or should win this game. And most of the rest of the games are like, you know, it's been either close or, you know, we're playing a really good team and you have to play really well to beat them. So it, that was the, the most frustrating game or loss in my opinion this season um, knowing that the Blazers uh, should have had that one. Yeah, no marketing Clarkson. Uh, so this felt like a game that, okay, we should come in here. We should easily win this game. We have Brogdon back. Like, uh, Scoop, you know, played well in this game as well. Had 17 points, his career high. Um, yeah, it's just really unfortunate loss. Um, it sucks, man. Like, it's, I mean, of course, the refs didn't help us at the end of the stretch, but you would like to not see us in that close of a game with 
this kind of team anyway. Although I'm, we're, we're not yeah. great by any means, but like, I don't know. It feels like we know marketing and Clarkson. We should have been able to close mm -hmm. this one out, uh, but was not the case. Sexton has a good game and Keontae George scores 21. And yeah, unfortunately, we just fall short. Just yep, like and then the next one. <laughs> yeah, and then Wednesday night they go into Golden State. Anthony Simons first game bad, back yeah. since the first game of the season. It feels like it's like a few days early, um, but uh, unfortunately, he comes back and Jeremy Grant's out, like I mentioned, and also DeAndre Ayton all of a sudden now has knee soreness and uh, will miss his second game in a row tonight. Uh, misses the Golden State game, uh, so hopefully, yeah, it's just scary hearing knee pains with big men in Portland because uh, you know we already had Robert Williams go down and we have a long history of of that here. Um, and now Brogdon starts. They they decide to start Anthony Brogdon Sharp, so three guards along with Tamani and Duop Reed. <laughs> Gets a start at center. Uh, what did you think of the decision to just to, to keep Sharp and Brogdon in the starting lineup and continue to bring Scoot off the bench? Uh, I didn't mind it. I mean, with no Jeremy Grant, obviously it made things a lot easier. I'm curious to see what they do when he is back. Uh, but yeah, I didn't hate it. I actually liked that they started all three of them because uh, I wanted to keep Sharp in the starting lineup anyway, just based off yeah. how he's played this year. Uh, and I'm curious to see what they do when, you know, if we ever get Brogdon, Grant, and everyone healthy at the same time, are they going to move Sharp back to the bench or, uh, no, I assume I sure start, hope not. I sure hope, I sure hope they'll start Simons and Sharp together. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. With Kamara, yeah. then Grant, and then Aiton, hopefully too. Yeah, I think what it should be is Brogdon going back to the bench, but, um, I don't know what they'll do. It could be Tamani that they... And they could play small, but Tamani's been such a difference maker on defense. I find it hard to believe that he'd lose his starting spot right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Brogdon seems to be hurt a lot, so it might not matter at all because <laughs> uh, he's he's questionable for tonight as well. So not yeah, looking I was like from playing. Looking back at the box score, I was like, wait, Brogdon had zero. Then I I remember he didn't even come back in the second half. Uh, yeah. But oh. We were dominating them on the offensive glass, it felt like, the whole night. Uh, the foul calls definitely went their way. Um, they were getting a lot of calls, and we weren't. Uh, Sharp had a fantastic game. Jabari Walker was great in this one as well. Felt like he was getting so many offensive boards, getting putbacks. Like, it just felt like a game that, like okay. Out. <laughs> yeah, then fouls out. Um, and then Tamani Kamara was playing decent defense on Steph. Of course, you can't keep him down forever. Had a bunch of rebounds in this one as well. Uh, but yeah, it was cool to see Simons come back and score 28 in his first game back. He had no minutes restriction, which is also amazing to see as well. Um, and then Sharp, of course, had a great game. But yeah, uh, at the very end, we all kind of know what happened. Uh, it sucks because I really wanted to see Sharp and Simons in the clutch there at that last possession where we were down two, I believe. Uh, but yeah. Kamara gets the rebound and he's leaning back and no one's there for the outlet pass and he falls out of bounds. But before he does that, he just throws the ball in play, and of course the Warriors get the ball back, and then we have to play the foul game. It was just a heartbreaking way to lose. It's like not that big of a deal that we lost. Like it doesn't hurt me that we lost. I was mm -hmm. really just curious to see like Simons and Sharp in the clutch, like what that would have looked like. That would have been really fun to see who would have taken that last shot and what it would have looked like. And I was really disappointed we didn't get to see that, uh, which was my biggest disappointment in that mm -hmm. whole thing. Well, if the previous five minutes were any indication, Sharp would have been frozen out of the offense in the final possession as well because for some reason, the Blazers just decided to not get him involved with any shot attempts or any real... Uh, he ended up getting two free throws because we were in the bonus and he got a, a foul on the defensive end on an over-the-back rebound. Uh, so, yeah, that was his only... <laughs> Uh, point there in the last few minutes the Blazers go ice cold can't make a shot and for some reason I, I just I don't understand why we're not running a play for Sharp to get a shot off ball or or to come off a screen or to curl into the paint or something just the guy was was hitting 
Um, and and we decided to run most of the offense through Scoot. I mean, I was happy that Scoot got a chance to play in the clutch, but I I just I don't get not running some plays, uh, especially if if you have Scoot handling the ball. Try to get a situation where you run in a play for Sharp and where Scoot can pass to him, so he's not feeling the pressure of having to score as well. And then Scoot takes some shots there at the end. It just wasn't even close on a three-point shot. And uh, fortunately, the Blazers couldn't pull it out. Yeah, another heartbreaking way to lose. Uh, man, it's just the way Kamara fell out of bounds sucked really badly. Uh, Chris Murray yeah. had a couple of threes in this game, though, so that was yeah. cool. Uh, and then Thibault continues to be a sniper, it feels like, from perimeter as well. So mm -hmm. um, those are a couple more bright spots in this game. Um, but yeah, obviously this was a game that would have been fun to lo or fun to win because obviously we have the Warriors pick and we want to make them as bad as <laughs> possible. So yeah, it sucked. Um, I'm glad. I mean, it feels like we've been you know competing in every game, which that's the fun aspect. But uh, you know, the worst part is losing every single one. But Bright side, we have Anthony Simons back, and hopefully, yeah. uh, you know, we can see him rest of the season. So happy to I, have him back. Guys. This was the the Golden State game was the first game this season where I was like, okay, I no matter what happens here at the end, I'm proud of them. Like they they played, I felt like the right way. You know, it kind of fell off there at the end, and it got a little ISO heavy and turnovers, and you know. Like you mentioned, you can't hold Curry down, so he's going to start hitting. Clay was terrible, but he hits a three out of a timeout down six. That was a big shot. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just I really wanted that one. But when you consider, you know, we were already down two starters and then have, have a third one go out during the game um, with zero points, like you mentioned, it's just – it's really tough to overcome that at Golden State with the the crowd going crazy and Steph doing his stupid little sleep thing and <laughs> all that. So I I I wasn't I mean I was really disappointed we lost, but overall I thought the Blazers played about as good of a game as they could have, uh, considering you know Anthony's first game back and. Um, all the players that are missing and all that. And obviously the main thing uh, we want to see uh, this year, it's not even really about wins or losses because we know we're not like the greatest team yet, obviously. Uh, it's just the development and just seeing, you know, what Sharp can do this season. And so far that has looked very good. And mm -hmm. then Scoot, obviously continue to wait on him. And then Simons, you know, this is a big role for him this year. We game one. Saw him leave, and now he's back, and, uh, you know, we get to see him uh, going forward now, which is great. 28, first game back. Uh, you know, he can be a – I'm not saying he can be, but if he wants to be a 28-point-per-game scorer <laughs> for the rest of the season, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I think he has it in him. I do too, which is why I think that uh, it sucked to see him leave, obviously, early on in the season, and I'm glad he's back because I think this is his year to prove himself. Which is why it sucked to you know lose him, but I'm happy he's back. And the main thing is just it was fun. I I just felt like every I felt like almost everybody in this game played well, which was another huge part of it. Like felt like there was a lot of bright spots from everybody in this game. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun game. Sucked to lose, uh, but it's gonna happen. So it is what it is. Yeah, and then tonight we have a tough matchup with Dallas. It'll be interesting to see what they do to take Luca out of the game or at least try to um easier said than done but there was a game last year which the Blazers double teamed him a lot and had some success he had one of his worst games as a pro um so you'd like to see them try to do that again uh oh yeah it's it's, it's gonna be a, an interesting matchup yeah uh Luca literally had such a great game the other night against Utah Jazz uh what is it then I think so I wasn't watching it but I think someone said he had a triple double at halftime I don't know how true that was but uh, I think he yeah. finished like 40 10 and whatever it was but yeah uh obviously Luca never easy to keep him down uh the Mavericks have been really good this year as well um I'm not saying we can't win the game but it's definitely going to be a tough one obviously as I said the Mavericks have been good this year
Uh, Derek Jones Jr. revenge game potentially as well. Uh, <laughs> you know it's in there. So uh, yeah, but, we, I think we really uh, need Sharp and Anthony to go crazy. Um, as, with all these players out, we're just going to need them to have awesome performances to have a chance. Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, other than you know, obviously the Blazers. Obviously, this week has been the end season tournament semifinals games, and uh, unless you want to, you know, say anything about the Blazers, I wanted to get your thoughts on how the games have gone this week. Well, r- real quick, let's just uh, yeah, let's segue that into our who's crushing it segment this week. Okay. And I I think. It's safe to say that we're both agree that for the Blazers, it's still Shane Sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, 26.7 points per game the last three games. Uh, seven rebounds, 4.7 assists, which I love to see. Um, I mean, that's crazy. He's averaging almost five assists lately um, because it's just showing that he's capable of being that uh, lead option as a guard and um with his scoring ability and athleticism i think that's that's something that he can really build upon and then he's also shooting he shot 45.8 percent from three over those three games too so just a great few games for sharp as he continues his progression yeah absolutely picking backing off that obviously shane sharp (laughs) definitely in there for me and then uh i love what i've seen from jabari walker too to give him some Mm -hmm. love yeah Uh, um, so but, yeah, the in, the in season tournament. Uh, so have you been enjoying the games? Like, what have you thought of it overall? Yeah, uh, it the semifinals games have been a lot of fun. Uh, I will say, as far as the neutral site, uh, not sure it was the right move. Uh, the crowd, especially in the first game, I actually didn't watch the Pelicans and the Lakers game. It didn't feel like I missed much. <laughs> it was a um, lot, yeah. Yeah. But the first game, it felt like the crowd was barely in it, uh, which I think kind of took kind of the energy out of it for me, uh, you know, as a fan and watching the game. Uh, so I don't know if the view, I don't know if the neutral site's the right move. I get being in Vegas, it's cool, uh, but I don't know. Am I am I crazy to think that maybe they should consider well, teams? I don't I don't know about that because I feel like that's a little bit too much of an advantage, but it kind of felt like the bubble a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, but I, it was weird because that game, like, it was like three o'clock and they were already playing. It was like halftime or something. I was like, what the heck? Uh, like get home from work and it's like already half over. It's like, so I think it was more that, you know, like Vegas is like a night, night town. So like, I don't know, a game in the middle of the day and Vegas on a Thursday didn't seem like the best idea but yeah uh, so maybe it's just that maybe they need to switch to like a friday sunday or or you know more prime time make sure those games get set off uh you know more in the evening but they also were uh kind of kind of silly to put it up against um thursday night football as well you know nfl is usually the king in the ratings so you got to be mindful of that, but that might be a reason to have the finals of the in-season tournament. Like, I don't know, maybe a time where there isn't as many um, NFL games going on, or, you know, it's like you could have it like a Wednesday, Friday before the first round of the playoffs or something. I don't know. Just, I try to avoid the the NFL at all costs if I'm the, and that's probably why they set the time so early um, today for the first game. But um, still, I I don't know how many people are watching basketball at like two or three in the afternoon on the, on the West coast. Yeah. uh, It's funny you say that because I had no idea the game started this early (laughs) today. I don't know if there was a single person that knew to be honest with you, because we just automatically, you know, automatically assume obviously it's a different time for you guys. But uh, for me, basketball always starts around six for me so i'm like mm-hmm. okay and then i'm driving home from target or whatever and then i get the notification on my phone that the game tipped off or and i was thinking it was for some other sport i was like <laughs> right because it was like four i'm like what is going on like why is this why is this game on so early uh and i realized it was the pacers and bucks game this early i'm like i had no idea that the g- game was tipping <laughs> off this early uh and then you know obviously as you said 
you know, they're probably trying to, you know, avoid competing with, um, you know, the NFL. And I know the NBA has to be pissed about Christmas Day because uh, Christmas Day, the NFL has three games on. And obviously, yeah. NBA, uh, you know, always is known for their Christmas Day games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's going to suck uh, for the NBA this year. So, it'll be Yeah. Well, I think it's just unfortunate because the, the NFL is going to take advantage of any time Christmas is on Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Um, so, it's just unlucky for them this year but then we have leap year next year so to be christmas i think will be on a wednesday so i'm sure there will be no nfl games on a wednesday next year uh so i think they'll be okay the next couple years after this but then you know you cycle back into the same problem uh whenever it falls on the weekend and the the same thing happens with um the uh the new year's college bowl games um it's always uh, tough when New Year's or New Year's Eve is on a Saturday or Sunday and uh, all of a sudden games that would be on their own as the only games on that day or the most important games on that day are taking second fiddle to the NFL. Yeah, so uh, I was just looking at the schedule and I was like, damn, the uh, NFL has games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah. All day, just like obviously the NBA does. So that's going to be a ratings battle there. So what are you going to do, Brady? You said you in the past you watched the NFL over <laughs> I have, NBA. I, I have no idea what I'm going to do, uh, to be you honest. you got to watch the NBA on Christmas, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. It kind of depends what games are uh, on, and uh, I'll figure it out. And I don't even know what I'm doing on Christmas yet, so like I don't mm. even know where I'll be. So it's hard to say. I will say, though, I know uh, Commanders play the 49ers on Christmas Eve or Christmas. I think it's one of those nah. days. So, uh, yeah, you got, you should be waking up to a Christmas present on yeah, that nice. day. Y'all should easily Easy beat win. the hell out of us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we are terrible. But um, back to uh, the in-season tournament games. Um, so, obviously, it started out the week with uh, the Celtics and the Pacers. I think the Celtics were everyone's favorite. Uh, but the Pacers, man. It's it been good. Tyrese Halliburton has been obviously amazing. And even Miles Turner, uh, I believe, in this one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 17 and 10. I, or maybe it's the other game I'm thinking of. is really good. But Halliburton, triple-double in this one. Belly Hill had 21. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Celtics go out early. I think that was a lot of people's favorite. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the Pacers beat them there. And then the other game was the Kings and uh, the Pelicans and I actually didn't watch this game unfortunately, uh, but the Pelicans did win one twenty seven to one seventeen. Uh, so those are your first in season tournament games this week. The uh, Pelicans have had Kings number though. I know three I times think... this season already, and I've picked it wrong every single time it picks against the spread. Every <laughs> I was like, single... I picked the Kings the first two times. I was like, I'm not picking the Kings again against, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like Halliburton is freaking unreal right now like um i mean i don't think it's crazy to say i mean obviously i don't think he's as good as like luka or Jokic or um sga maybe even but he is absolutely carrying this team right now and uh just a nightmare to guard like uh, he can score he can pass like he doesn't turn the ball over tonight um so they win the uh the Bucks also win on Tuesday and then they match up tonight. Um so Dame versus Halliburton and all that kind of stuff. Uh Dame looks like he's in Vegas to do st- other things than play basketball, maybe. Um but uh Halliburton, man. 27, 15, and 7 tonight with no turnovers. Like, how do you – you're not going to beat the Pacers when when he's playing that well very often. Yeah, did and did you see how Burton do the, the – the, uh, <laughs> No, he, like, kind of looked like a, like the watch was broken or something. He, yeah, he like, no, looked at his wrist and he was like – Yeah, I don't know yeah. exactly what he did, but I know he did something with his something wrist. With so his I, thought, yeah. I was like, wow, okay, that's – I mean – if there's gonna be a Dame Halliburton rivalry, I'm here for it. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. did you hear what Dame had to say after the game and the press uh, conference? No, he was like, 
or you never know when your time's gonna run out or something. I forgot. Uh, I don't know why. I'm even. I'm, I'm bringing it up. <laughs> I forgot what he said in a way. But like, yeah. basically, it was like, uh, you should be humble in the moment because you never know, uh, like when your moment runs out or something along the lines mm-hmm. of that. And obviously, it you know it's X or Twitter, whatever you call it. So Dan was getting a bunch of hate for the quote or whatever. Um, but yeah, Halliburton was amazing. Dame started off the game really rough, and then in the second half he got going, and yeah. then like they just stopped giving him the ball. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know. The Bucks' offense has been weird this year in a way sometimes. Yeah, I saw Chris had a really bad turnover. He threw it like right to Bruce Brown, and yeah. Um, but yes, I don't. I I'm not a fan of that statement from Dame. I know like. There was this whole he doesn't show emotion, you know, early in his career. But like Halberton's in what is fourth year already? Or something like that. I, I think he was twenty twenty draft, right? Third so fourth, yeah. Um uh, Yeah, so like I don't I don't really like um like by that time Dane was starting to tap his wrist and stuff like that. So <laughs> um, you know, it already done the rips it a like after he <laughs> hits the game-winning shot against the the rockets and and later in his career i mean like yeah he earned the right to celebrate in some of those moments but i mean like let the player be excited i don't i don't i don't maybe get like took, raining uh, on their parade but maybe yeah. it's because he like obviously stole his took us yeah <laughs> maybe uh See, I think that's kind of funny. Like, it is fun. I think it I is fun. Uh, and then, like, there was a point where Dame hits a three, and then how Burton immediately responds. He's like, "I'm here too," or something like, "Or I could do this yeah. too," or whatever it was. But yeah, yeah, Burton is I like he is that, amazing. Uh, his yeah. confidence is out there, and there was even a report I saw today that Burton has been planting the seeds to recruit stars in Indiana or whatever, mm. and. Uh, I hope Indiana is, you know, looking into big, you know, big fish hunting at the deadline if they could get someone to come over to help Hal Burton. I saw names like Siakam and such, and an OG or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy Grant. (laughs) Jeremy Grant, yeah, Jeremy Grant. Um, Yeah, if the Pacers... Take Jarris Walker. Yeah, the Pacers should be very aggressive uh, right now. With how good Hal Burton is, they should be very aggressive and... uh, they're a fun team right now, and obviously for a long time we couldn't really say that uh, they were like super, just kind of mid. Like Old Depot made them fun for a little bit, like when he was really good, because that was like really surprising. But after that, uh, when how or when Old Depot never became the same, like I think a lot of people were bored by that team. I remember doing, and I would do when I would do videos on the Pacers. I knew for a fact it was a guaranteed ten of ten worst video in the last ten. But now that obviously Halliburton is there, that they're one of the you know better teams to have fun with now. So, um, well, they don't have, they don't have a huge fan base or anything. So yeah, it's small market, of course. But uh, I mean, when there's an exciting player like that, they're gonna get somewhat of attention, rather than it being their best player was like Sabonis at the time or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, still wonder if the Kings regret moving on from him. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. It's always gonna be, you know. Everyone says that's a win-win trade, but I mean, I think it's obvious that Halliburton is a superstar. So I don't know. Like, well, I just I had uh, Halliburton fifth in my draft rankings that year, and just watching teams just pass on him, um, especially the the Phoenix Suns at ten take Jalen Smith, who's also on the Pacers now, but. Um, it just like reimagining the what ifs of the NBA. Like if if the Suns just take Halliburton there, and um, you know Chris Paul is getting older, he would have been the perfect guy to replace him. And if you're talking about Halliburton with Booker right now, and uh, they could pro- they would have had McHale at the time, they probably could have still traded for KD and all that stuff. So like that, that's that's scary to think about, but. Uh, yeah, luckily uh, he's in the East now, so you don't really have to worry about him. But um, definitely someone that uh, our young guard should uh, look at how he controls games and does it without being reckless or anything with the ball um, and hopefully take some pages out of his book. 
especially with how uh, bad that draft class has been for the most part, if I'm not mistaken. Like, literally, there's so many teams that pass on Howell Burton that would love to have him. I, I, I just saw a clip about Carmelo. Anthony was begging the Knicks to take Halliburton. Uh, <laughs> do you think that's cap or do you think I that's... don't know if it's true or not. Like, <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, it's easy to say that now. Maybe he maybe he did say that back then. Who knows? But, mm. yeah, obviously, Edwards, Lame- that's the Edwards and Mello draft class, right? And then, of course, Halliburton goes later. Um, so, yeah, just... I mean, the Warriors have the second pick in that draft. They could have him right now. And yeah. Think of him in that offense, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I know they they were set on getting the fit with Wiseman, and obviously, yeah, of course, that, yeah. that didn't work at all. Uh, which is why you never draft, uh, you know, <laughs> fit over talent, uh, Mister, as Mister Joe Cronin would say. Uh, but and then that Lakers and Suns game, man. Uh, Austin Reeves like hit that that big shot at the very end. Uh, did Did you see when LeBron got a timeout, like? Yeah, the ball. I, I hate that. I it's hated the, that so badly. No, the Suns, possession. The Suns, I think, got a steal there, and the refs mm-hmm. absolutely screwed them. The, and unfortunate. The uh, another one of the last two minute reports. They say that they got that call correct. I don't agree. Uh, you can, I don't you agree. can you can see the picture like Reeves has already lost the ball when LeBron goes to signal timeout like ridiculous yeah uh I I'd be so mad if I was a Suns fan in that situation yeah I would have been mauled too uh mm-hmm. especially at the I mean imagine if this was a playoff game like obviously these were high state games of this being the end season tournament but if that yeah. would have happened in a playoff game, oh boy, that would have been absolutely. Uh, someone would have had to get, you know, there had to be a, there would have had to have been accountability there because that, that should not have been granted a timeout. Like the ball mm-hmm. is literally almost on the sideline when the yeah. timeout is called. Um, yeah. And Grayson Allen, and I thought the ball maybe went out of bounds, but Grayson Allen clearly recovered it before it even went out of bounds. So like they would have had probably yeah. a cutter uh, to the, you know, like someone would have cut and they could have tied the game right there and. It's just so disappointing. Uh, and then, of course, they missed the free throw. I forgot who went to the free throw line, but I know they split. I think it was AD, wasn't it? If I'm not mistaken. I think it was AD. Uh, but AD misses the second one. Suns get the rebound, and Kevin Rant shoots it. And, yeah, it was not even close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Well, LeBron in that one, 31 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds to to beat Phoenix. Just uh, you thought that was like – you know, as good as it gets for LeBron, but then tonight against or last night against the Pelicans, he he only plays twenty two minutes, is a plus thirty six, has thirty points, five rebounds, eight assists. First person ever to score thirty points, have five rebounds or five or more assists in under twenty three minutes of wow, play. So, that's wild. Uh, and the his age obviously yeah and the lakers just destroy the the pelicans this was not even worth watching like you mentioned so yeah don't feel bad about missing that one because uh they're like the pelicans just did not show up in this game um but yeah uh so now we're down to the finals who do you got lakers or pacers and then just your overall thoughts on do you think it was a success to have this uh, this year? Are you looking forward to it now in, pre- in future years, or or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, it was definitely successful. It made uh, things a lot more fun, you know, obviously in December and November. So I definitely think this was successful, and I hope they continue it next year. The only thing uh, that I would change, and you could be right that maybe it was as simple as, you know, tipping off the game too early. Um, but I would love to see, you know, more energy and especially in these semifinals games here, uh, that we had tonight. Um, so, yeah. uh, but if they could change that, then I'm all for it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if people, I know some people still aren't a fan of the courts. So I thought it was a cool little idea. Um, but I don't know if they feel like, yeah, they mind the courts. I don't, I don't know if they feel like they'll need to change them next year. Uh, but Next, or you know, next one is gonna be Pacers and Lakers. You know, this is gonna be a fun game because I've, if I would have been able to choose, I think I would have chosen against the Pacers both times. I would have thought, okay, Celtics are gonna win. I would have thought yeah. the Bucks were gonna win, but so far they have won both times. So I'm not sure I'm going to pick against them 
again, but at the same time, LeBron has been so amazing in these playing or not playing games in these uh, in season tournament games that it's gonna be hard to pick. Uh, but mm-hmm. if I if I had to choose right now, I would say I think LeBron's on a mission because uh, you know obviously he's in, he's not gonna get too many of these in season tournaments anymore. I think the Lakers win it. That's that. I'm All picking right. against the Pacers cool. for the third time. Go. I guess. All right. Uh, I will not do that. I'll take my boy Halliburton, and they're going to beat the Lakers. Let's All go right. head I, to head. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I mean, I if the Pacers win, that's awesome. So I wouldn't be upset with that at all. I just feel like the way mm-hmm. LeBron's been playing, he's on. So is Halliburton. Halliburton's been playing great too. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, uh, yeah, it would well, be. It's going to be a lot of fun. This game's going to be fun. For me, uh, I was like very against the the NBA adding an in-season tournament. Um, I just thought like there's no way the players are going to care about it enough to like make it worth watching. Um, But I actually thought it was a really good idea to incorporate just like regular season games. Because like at first I thought what they would do is like, pause the season and have like a, a tournament in the middle of the season that didn't count towards the record and maybe it counted towards some sort of playoff seating or home court advantage or something um to make it worth it but um i i thought it was a good move to have like the group round robins and then incorporate those into the regular season and then just have like now the lakers and pacers are the only two teams that end up playing more games and maybe that that's a little bit of a strategy maybe that's what why dame didn't play very well today it's like he he didn't want to play an 83rd game this season (laughs) lebron and ad you know they've they've had issues staying healthy the last few years so maybe the rest of the league is is playing chess and uh is making them play an extra game so they wear down later in the season um i'm just joking but uh yeah, I thought, you know, watching it play out is like, why not have some extra motivation or extra um, just pizzazz on these games in in the November and December? So um, I, I thought it was uh, ended up being a really good decision by the NBA. And uh, I'm all for making games more entertaining here in the early part of the season where it's still kind of, boring or not necessarily boring but you know like not but you don't really care on a thursday night about the the pacers and the bucks but like tonight you you did care about it you know yeah definitely uh i absolutely agree with uh what you said i thought i thought the same thing when uh they brought the idea up of the end season tournament i thought they were also going to pause the season uh and do some tournament but uh it is cool that obviously um they you know integrated it into the season mm-hmm. it would be cool if somehow uh when the nba does expand you know to 32 teams it would be cool if it was like a 32 team bracket season yeah, elimination. Yeah. that would be really dope but i don't <laughs> like i don't know how they, march madness stuff yeah i don't know how they would in, in, do that um i'm not sure how that would be integrated but it would be a cool idea if they could do it uh but obviously that's years down the line from now so uh but uh, I think they did a good job. They did a good job, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch this final game, Pacers-Lakers. Hopefully, we get a close one, and hopefully, we don't get, like, no blowout so so we can watch a good game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, do you have any other players for who's crushing it this week? Uh, yeah, mine is going to be in-season tournament edition. Um, All right. So, I first one uh, ran them off the wall, thrown at the wall. Um Malik Beasley uh, in that first game. All right. Uh, I know it's such a random one, but uh, he was hitting like every three that he got. Or not, he didn't hit every single one. That's a little bit of over-exaggeration. But uh, Seemed like points, it, yeah. Yeah, 18 points uh, literally simply off just catching and shooting. And uh, I heard them say tonight that he's been shooting 50% on wide open threes. So uh, Malik Beasley in the past, you know, obviously got benched last year because he was really bad with the Lakers. He's on a minimum yeah. veal now, and he's been amazing for Milwaukee this year as a starting guard for them, and he's been knocking down his threes, which is what he's needed for, and uh, he's done a great job in that aspect. So, um, yeah. random one, first one. He's got, 
he's got a reputation as a three-point sniper, but his shooting percentage hasn't been great, uh, or as great as you would think it was if you are a three-point specialist, um, or shoot as many threes as he's done in the past few years. So, uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see him actually make some threes now. Yeah, um, and then same game, Julius Randle, very efficient in this one, 41 points, of course. It didn't really matter because they you know, still lost at the very end, and it got really mm-hmm. out of hand at the very end, but uh, he was great in this game, was very efficient, and yeah. uh, all around just really good. But, yeah, uh, so I had to throw him in there as well. Yeah, I didn't – other than Tyrese and LeBron, uh, I didn't really have anyone else from the in-season tournament – but I did want to mention a couple of players. Uh, Desmond Bain uh, has 49 points in a win over Detroit the other day. And uh, since we talked last, he's averaging 35.3 points per game, six assists, and 4.3 rebounds as the Grizzlies try to survive until Jaw comes back in a few games. Um, and then uh, I think I had, it was this... sorry to cut you. I had literally no clue that Bain dropped forty nine on the Pistons. By the way, <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> I had no yeah. idea. I mean, it was it was two of the worst teams in the league right now. So I, I, I don't blame going, you for sorry. that one. I, I was yeah. like, literally, what you said. I was like, wow, yeah. I didn't even know that happened. But you know, shout out to yeah. Desmond Bain. <laughs> Same night, Paulo Bancaro drops forty two against Cleveland. Um, and in the last three games for Apollo, he's averaging 29.7 points, 9.7 rebounds, 5.3 assists. So he's, uh, even though the Magic have lost the last two games, uh, he's starting to uh, really establish himself as both um, a scorer and someone who can um, pass the ball as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one, because uh, he was so big down the stretch for the Lakers before that bad call and obviously almost turned it over. Austin Reeves, really good in that game. 27 minutes, uh, 20 points. They were some big shots that he hit down the stretch. Of course, he hit the last three at the end there as well. Uh, so Austin Reeves, for me, is on here um, just simply with how clutch he was for the Lakers. Uh, big, Some big shots at the very end. Even yeah, some, including uh, the biggest clutch, shot. Yeah, clutch offensive rebound to a couple mm-hmm. of them. So, yeah, my next guy who's crushing it uh, this last week is Terry Rozier. Uh, you know, he plays on the Hornets, and no one really cares about them. But Lamelo is hurt again, um, and Rozier stepped up in his absence last three games, averaging twenty-eight point three points, nine assists, five rebounds. Uh, shooting over 40% from three. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Terry Rozier for playing well as also. Yeah, uh, I don't think I have too many. I mean, I don't have another one other than, uh, you know, <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I've mentioned him already, but he's been yeah, he's so and good. I He can keep going every week in this one. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but... My last one then is uh, Kobe White. Uh, the Bulls. Uh, Levine's out now for several weeks, um, and they've been playing their young guys a lot more, and it's led to them winning their last three games after this season uh, didn't look like it was going too well. Um, I hope, much like we've talked about with the Blazers in previous episodes on this show, I hope when teams have these kind of runs where you're playing the young guys and they start playing well, uh, that you don't think like, oh, well, when the veterans get healthy again, like Levine comes back, let's just play him and keep him and not trade him and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, he's averaging over 24 points, six assists and 7.3 rebounds in the last week and uh, has been playing really well. Um, It's like, Kobe White, really? <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so thought he was worth mentioning on this show as well. Uh, and then uh, speaking of Zach Levine, do you, a question for you. Do you think he's played his last game as a bull? I know a lot of people are running away with that idea right now because as um, soon as he comes back, Rui yeah. and Reeves are trade eligible or whatever, and there's a lot of yeah, smoke yeah. about that right now. Um, do you think he has played his last game as a bull? It's it's so tough because everything I hear out of Chicago is that the Bulls like don't have any interest in trading their guys or whatever. But 
I think the Levine situation is different. Um, I think it's like we've seen him kind of start to be kind of a malcontent at times on the bench and um, after games and stuff like that. So I think they have to trade him. Um, I don't know what his value is. Um, Like, do they get an unprotected first from the Lakers for that? Do the Lakers, would they value a guy like Levine over someone like Jeremy Grant or Malcolm Brogdon or someone like that's a little bit, um, you know, not as good of a scorer, but uh, can definitely play a role on a good team. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know where he's going to end up, but uh, kind of interested to see what team, like, puts out the most to get him. Because um, Levine, when he's healthy, is I mean, he's a really good player, but he's not the greatest defender. So if you're a team that needs defense, uh, that's why, like, I was always opposed to Blazers trading for him. You know, there's always rumors the last couple oh, off-seasons man. about the Blazers going after him. Uh, like I, I never thought he made sense with our guard situation and our need for defense, but um, I hated yeah. the rumor that had to do with Zach Levine. Yeah. I was just mauled by like, everything. Like mm-hmm. the, so the, the Bulls... third pick for Zach Levine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's do that. I would have been so pissed. In my opinion, the Bulls should absolutely blow it up. DeRozan's in his final year. You want to try to get something for him before he leaves in free agency, most most likely. Um, I don't know if they can get anything for Vucevic or not, but I would would definitely trade all of them. And I know Chicago's done this many times since uh, the last dance and their their last championship with Jordan and Pippen and all that. But uh, I'm sure that fan base doesn't want to go through a full rebuild again. But, I mean what are you doing just like not making the playoffs and um, keeping all these guys? Like it it doesn't make sense to me. I would trade them all. Yeah, I agree. I just wonder if they're scared to do so because our lottery luck has always been so bad. It felt like they always Mm. get like pick seven. And of course, when they got pick four, they took Patrick Williams. I don't even remember who went after Patrick Williams, but I'm sure there was probably someone in there they should have taken after him. Uh, But there's also been the stigma that young players don't develop in Chicago. That has been a problem. Um, you know, Laurie Markkinen leaves Chicago, immediately blossoms in Cleveland, and then, you know, even more in Chicago, in Utah. Wendell Carter, of course, goes to Orlando. Um, uh, I don't know. It just feels like every time a young player leaves Chicago, they just play a lot better. So, not really sure what the problem is, um, but if well, Patch Williams is up on another team, I would be curious to see if he just starts playing well. Well, uh, Patrick Williams is from the 2020 draft that we've talked so much oh, about wow, tonight. Yeah. Tyrese okay. Halliburton. <laughs> um, yeah, so Lamelo goes third in that draft. Patrick Williams goes four. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty much everyone in that range. So four, Patrick Williams. You know, they obviously could use uh, Halliburton. Um, Cleveland takes Isaac Okoro, who hasn't really done much. Um, Atlanta takes a Kongwu at six, who's a solid center, but they haven't, they still have Capella, so they haven't given him the reins there at the center position fully yet. Um, seven was Killian Hayes, uh, who's, you know, I mean, he's been okay this year, but has been one of the worst players in the NBA the last couple of years. Uh, Obi Toppin was traded. Uh, for a couple second round picks to the Pacers this summer. Um, and so he he hasn't really done a ton in the NBA yet. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> a, lot, a lot of players in that range. I don't know who the Bulls should have taken it for. I mean, obviously, hindsight, you should have taken um, Halliburton or whatever, but uh, I don't think you can – you can't really blame them for not taking Halliburton at four, I guess. Yeah, um... But yeah, Chicago, we'll, we'll see what they do at the deadline. Hopefully they're blowing it up. But uh, do we switch to prospect watch or do you guys? Yeah, to- let's go to Hoopstraff's prospect of the week. Uh, let me know how much you know about this player. To this right. week's prospect is Cody Williams. 
Do you know who Cody Williams is? I've heard of his name. Uh, okay. Don't know much about him. All right. So Cody Williams is actually the younger brother of OKC's rookie of the year runner-up last year, Jalen Williams. Okay. Um, and we know how much success he's had with OKC. Uh, so this guy, Cody, is um, a freshman at Colorado. And uh, so some Chauncey ties there, Jabari Walker ties maybe. Um, and then uh, he's he's listed at 6'8". He's probably closer to 6'7". Um, has seven foot plus wingspan. Um, he, he was 6'2", going into high school. And then he was like, he has like guard skills, but then grew to six, seven, six, eight ish. Um, so like he, he still plays like he's a guard, um, just turned 19, uh, in late November. So super young still, um, last couple games, he's, sh- he scored 21 points. Um, he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, so it's hard to tell, uh, if he's a good three point shooter or not, but in seven games this year, he's taken 10 three-pointers and made six of them. So he's shooting 60% from three. But like I said, small sample size. So you don't know about that. But just uh, like you watch him play and he's like a really long, rangy, um, athletic wing. And I think he'd be uh, pretty much plug and play into a lot of good team systems. Um uh, just like his brother was. And um, I've seen some mock drafts now have him up top five and including uh, I've seen some people say he could be the number one pick if he keeps progressing. That's how good he's been playing. Yeah, I don't know much about Cody Williams, but I, I've heard his name and I'm pretty sure I've seen him on 2K before. That would be yeah. my, I mean, that'd be the closest thing I would know about him. Yeah, um, it's he's probably one of those guys who is not like in those two K uh, downloads. He's probably not going super high in those drafts, but I yeah, like maybe I've keep an eye him. on him. I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like I've seen him in the twenty twenty five draft class. But I'm yeah, probably maybe just mistaken. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you never know with some freshmen whether they'll come out or one and done or not. But yeah, I think he's true. definitely trending. Uh, it's being one and done and the Blazers uh, if you're looking at it from their perspective um, I mean you can't have too many forwards who can do a lot of things and who have size and athleticism and stuff like that so Absolutely. Uh, the right now the Blazers I think they're tied for fourth uh, best lottery odds for their pick and then the Golden State pick is currently 11th so uh, we're we're in the range where we could be talking about drafting one of these guys, and uh, it's kind of intriguing when you think about pairing them with a defensive-minded forward like Tamani Kamara's been. Um, I, I I think that would be a really nice get for the Blazers. I don't know if it'll work out or if it'll go higher than our pick or whatever, or if we got like a top three pick. I don't know if if. He's worth taking over an Alex Starr, who we've talked about in the past, but um, it'll definitely be a player to watch uh, for the rest of this season into the draft process. Unfortunately, I don't have a uh, motto for Cody Williams. I can't think of one. I, I tried <laughs> cooking one up in my head. I just can't come up with one, unfortunately. So Yeah. Uh, my job has been a failure on this segment. What? <laughs> what rhymes with Cody? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, but uh, anything else you want to add before we sign off for this episode? Uh, no, I just uh, want to pre- I want to say I appreciate everyone for uh, their support and watching uh, the Hoops Crush episodes. And uh, if you don't mind, if you're enjoying them, please uh, like this video. It's the easiest way to help us out. And then also subscribe to this channel, as well as subscribing to uh, the Crushables YouTube <laughs> channel and uh, Blazers Uprise. Uh, yeah, come check us out on our other platforms. And then uh, follow Brady on Twitter at Crushables59. Yeah. 
right. And I'm at Hoopstruck. Uh, really easy to find us on there. Uh, give us a follow. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you next week. And I hope everyone has a good rest of the week. Hope the Blazers play well. And we could talk about them uh, not only having good performances from guys like Sharp and Anthony, but also those resulting in wins as well. Uh, so we'll catch you next time on the Hoops Crush podcast. See you next week. Peace out. Go Blazers.